Hey guys, uh, it's good to see everybody here again online. Hopefully uh, you had a good Thanksgiving um, day and uh, that you were able to at least, you know, as, as good as you can spend time with your family, friends, and whoever it is, uh, having dinner and uh, catching up and all that kind of stuff. Um, how was it though for you? Uh, were you feeling more thankful? Um, did you get the, the fuzzy feelings uh, with your family uh, when you spent time to them? Did you, did you take some time to consider uh, why we are celebrating or Thanksgiving at all? Um, maybe, maybe not. Maybe you are just sort of kind of down. The situation's kind of bad. You can't spend time like you used to with everybody else. Maybe, you know, it was the most thankful you've ever felt. I'm not sure where you are, but the reason that I wanted to talk about this passage and about Thanksgiving again is because I want us to understand that giving thanks is, is not simply once a year, right? It's not, it's not based on the holidays. And I don't know what it is. Um, you know, it, it, we, we seem to run on a, on a, on a, uh, time clock where during certain seasons of the year, we, we feel more thankful or we feel more grateful or we'll feel more, you know, I guess maybe it's the atmosphere, maybe it's, maybe it's the holiday season or whatever the case might be. But the reality is, um, at least with thankfulness, we should be feeling thankful all the time. Um, <clears throat> we should be giving thanks all the time. And, and the reason that I wanted to look at this one more time is to just kind of remind us that, that we're not talking about Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving Day, but we're talking about Thanksgiving all the time. And so even after Thanksgiving, and even though it's, you know, it was Black Friday, and even though everyone is now probably uh, in the shopping mood and, and getting ready for Christmas, this is something that we just can't all look at once, you know, a, a year and just move on. It, it's, it's very important. It's very crucial. And, and I think it's pretty serious uh, how the Bible looks at Thanksgiving. And so I wanted to look at this one more time and to kind of give ourselves another reminder and then actually try and put some effort into applying, you know, some of this in our daily lives as we think about what it means to give thanks. And so there are three points from even this one uh, little verse here. A little different from last week, and that is this. I want us to understand, first of all, uh, that Thanksgiving is theological, okay? It's theological, meaning that it's uh, focused on God or a God or some kind of God. It, it's, it's theological when you're thinking about Thanksgiving. Second point is uh, Thanksgiving, it takes discipline. Uh, and this is an important point. Thanksgiving takes discipline. To give thanks requires some discipline, okay? And the last point that I want us to be reminded again of is, as Christians, especially that there are Thanksgiving is not temporary, but it's eternal, it's eternal. So it's theological, it takes discipline, Thanksgiving, and it's eternal, all right? And so let's look at these things really carefully. First of all, I just wanna say this, that Thanksgiving is theological. And what I mean by that is this, you don't have to be a Christian to appreciate what it means to be thankful, right? I mean, anyone can understand what it means to be thankful or to give thanks, uh, to, to have gratitude. You don't need to be a Christian to be thankful, right? In fact, if you, uh, if you read some of the social science, uh, the, the study on gratitude is pretty, is pretty resolute. In fact, you know, I'll just quote a couple of these um, psychologists and sociologists who, who aren't Christians, but have said this about giving thanks. He says this, one guy from Baylor University says this, quote, feeling thankful is good for you. There's something called a grateful personality 
that some psychologists like us have studied that if you find you're greater in a grateful personality, you tend to have an increased life satisfaction, happiness, optimism, hope, positive emotion, and less anxiety and depression, end quote. Um, another study suggests that if, if you kept diaries, uh, if you have daily reminders, intentional reflection on what you're thankful for, it can boost your happiness, right? It can boost your positive emotions. Uh, it, it can give you more sense of meaning in life. Um, physical benefits. They, they said that, you know, people who are more thankful actually have fewer symptoms of illness and even better sleep. Uh, one, one sociologist said this way, quote, gratitude is the truest approach to life. We did not create or fashion ourselves. We did not birth ourselves. Life is about giving, receiving, and paying. We are receptive beings dependent on the help of others and their gifts and their kindness. Gratitude naturally is and should be the organizing principle of life. It's something that makes us human. And none of this I have framed in a religious context or a religious spiritual language, end quote, right? And so uh, you see this, the thankfulness isn't just necessarily a Christian idea, but it's also just a human idea. And it's, it's a very important thing to understand. But what, what's interesting is this, uh, one, one uh, psychologist from the University of Miami says this, quote, one of the things that's really interesting about the human mind is that we seem to wanna see agency in the world almost intuitively. The mind really craves an explanation for the good and the bad in terms of agency. By agency, what I mean is a force that can act in the world and cause events to happen. People give thanks to forces that act in the universe, whether it's God or a God or some gods. Implicit is a metaphysical claim. Humans owe their existence, their longevity, and perhaps even their daily fortunes to something or someone beyond ourselves, end quote. And so everyone has an idea of Thanksgiving, but what this psychologist says, and he's not a Christian, but he wants to say that, that somehow deep down inside, when we're thankful, there's something that we want to give thanks to, or someone we want to give thanks to, right? That there's a metaphysical claim. He says that we owe our existence to something or someone, and that's why we feel thankful. It's what Peter Berger, a sociologist, says this, one of the signals of transcendence, that there's things in life that we experience that kind of give us a slight signal that maybe there's something more than just what we experience here and now, that there's something above and beyond. And giving thanks, he suggests, is one of those signals of transcendence, that there is something or someone beyond us. And of course, the Christian claim is, of course, that's the God of the Bible. But if you take all this away, either because you maybe just don't believe it, or maybe perhaps you are not inclined to talk about metaphysics at the Thanksgiving dinner table. If you take all that away, then, then what does gratitude really mean? I mean, if you are uh, not a Christian, if you, if you are not very religious at all, then what does it mean to, to be thankful? Because if you take all that away, Thanksgiving then, it's reduced to nothing but a, a parade, maybe friends and family and a, and a dinner. Uh, I think Thanksgiving, even though we all experience it, can become fuzzy. You know, for example, you know, Frederick Nietzsche during the World War II, he was in this bunker during a bombing. And uh, 
you know, as, as the bombs were going all around him during his sleep, he woke up terrified in a sweat and he was fearful of his death. But as he woke up, he found himself still alive. And this is what he says in one of his biographies. He says, I felt so thankful, but then I stopped to think, who do I have to give thanks for? Who do I have to give thanks to? And it didn't make sense to me. Frederick Nietzsche was a, a devout atheist. And so he felt thankfulness, but wasn't sure who to give thanks to. And, and so it became kind of fuzzy, right, for him. If people aren't thanking God, who are they thanking, right? You can thank your mom for a delicious apple pie that she made, but who do you thank for, for the general circumstances in your life? And as you think about this, it's, it's something we have to really think about. It's a theological question, isn't it? Thanksgiving requires an object. And if you're giving thanks, then there must be a giver to whom you give thanks to and whom you acknowledge the source of your, all of your gifts. And I think unless we bring ourselves to offer true thanksgiving to a true giver, then our thankfulness always rests on shaky ground. It, always, it becomes fuzzy and hazy. Now let's bring it back to the, the Christian perspective. The Bible is pretty clear about this in terms of thanksgiving. It takes it pretty seriously. Paul writes in Romans chapter 1, verses one, verses 21, he says this, Although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Paul here in that verse, he describes the essence or the epitome of what a sinful heart is. And a sinful heart is not simply just one who's sinning all the time, but for Paul, even in the basic sense of what it means to be a sinner, a sinful heart is someone who fails to give thanks to God, to honor him as God by giving him thanks, to honor him uh, in his limitless love, to honor his benevolence, to honor his care, to, to honor his provisions and his, uh, his uncountable gifts and give thanks for them. To fail in thankfulness, according to the Bible, is to fail to honor God. And so this is a serious business and this is the biblical description of fallen and sinful humanity. Giving thanks is one of the most explicitly theological acts any human can contemplate. And that's why you see it all throughout the Bible, even in the Old Testament. For example, 1 Chronicles chapter 16, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his loving kindness is everlasting. Okay. So, you know, I just wanted to get that one out of the way. It, it, it's something that I think we do need to think about. I know we're not used to thinking this way, but it is theological. Okay. But the second point here, and this is a little bit more, I think, relatable, uh, and that is this, that Thanksgiving also requires discipline. It requires discipline. Paul says here, give thanks in all circumstances because this is God's will for you. Now, why does giving thanks require discipline? Well, first of all, because it's the will of God. God requires it. Give thanks. That's a command. And so it's something that we are called to do. Okay, but look at what we're called to do here again. Eugene Peterson, uh, in his uh, translation, his more colloquial translation, uh, the message, he, he puts it, he rewrites that verse this way. He says this, thank God, no matter what happens, this is the way God wants you, who belong to Christ Jesus to live. That's what he says. That's what he says this verse really means. Thank God, no matter what happens, this is the way God wants you. Thank God your marriage is going through a hard time. Thank God no matter what happens. You, you have a loved one who's sick, uh, experiencing COVID. Thank God no matter what happens. 
right? Your work is really hard, and and maybe you you're you're at the crisp, you know, the crust of losing your job. Thank God, no matter what happens, right? Uh, this is what this verse says. Thank God, no matter what happens, because this is the way that God wants you. And I don't know about you, that doesn't sound easy to me. It takes discipline. It's the command of God. Thank God, thank him for no matter what happens in your life, that's not easy. And that's why it takes discipline. Because after all, what if I don't feel thankful, right? What if there's bad things going on in my life? What, you know, what if I'm experiencing something difficult? What if, what if uh, I've got health issues? Or what if uh, you know, I have loved ones who are sick? You know, what if, uh, what if, you know, I lose my job or what if my work, you know, what just the situation can be really tough. What if I just don't feel thankful? And I want you to know this, okay, that Paul uh, and this sermon, this passage is, is not about trying to look at your bad stuff and then see the brighter side or see the silver lining in the cloud and then try and be thankful for that. That's not what it's about. But this, this passage is to show you it takes discipline. Uh, to give thanks, to see even in the midst of trouble, even in the midst of your trouble, you and I are still in a position to say thank you and mean it, even when we don't always feel it. Let's be clear. Here's the point. Thanksgiving requires discipline. Why? Because Thanksgiving isn't a feeling. It isn't a feeling. The feelings are good, and there is feeling, okay? And the fuzzy feeling, a warm, fuzzy feeling is great. But ultimately, thanksgiving isn't a feeling. Thanksgiving and thankfulness is discipline. It's the discipline to acknowledge good things around you. The ability to acknowledge good things around you isn't an emotion. To build The ability to acknowledge good things, even in the midst of bad things, isn't a feeling right? Paul says you're called to give God thanks in every circumstance, in every situation, not, not for everything, but in every situation. Why? Because Paul's point is this. Thanksgiving is not a position of your circumstance, right? Thanksgiving is a position of your heart. And a thankful heart realizes in every situation, that the hand of God is beneath them, carrying them, regardless of the circumstance. And so thanksgiving is not about what you feel. It's what you do, okay? You honor him by giving thanks. And the problem with us is this, that, that sometimes we don't do things because we just don't feel like it. And if we're not feeling it, then it must not be real. And therefore, I'm not required, right? Oh, I don't feel this. I don't feel this. You know, I don't really feel like doing it. I don't, I don't feel thankful, so I'm not going to do. You know, it's the bad things are happening, and I just feel down. I just feel down. You know, just, you know, play your violin. You know, let's say, join my pity party. You know, it's like, I feel sad. I feel bad. I feel, you know, and you're run by your feelings. Feelings are important. Feelings should follow. Right feelings should follow right behavior. But even if the feelings aren't there, you don't wallow in your self-pity. What do you do? You dwell on the God. You remember that obey is better than sacrifice. And you fight within yourself and you fight against your emotions to obey. And you say, even though I don't feel it, 
I choose to say above all, thank you, God, for the things that you've done. That requires discipline. All right? That's not a feeling. You don't first feel thanksgiving. You give thanks. It's not about feeling thanks. It's about giving thanks. And that's why it's called thanksgiving, not thanks feeling. And so we're called to give thanks in every circumstance, even in hard situations. And it requires discipline when we're seeking to be thankful. This is what we need to do. And this is good for us because when we continue to do this, even in the bad circumstances, and when we force ourselves to, to discipline ourselves, to, to give thanks to God, it takes the focus off ourselves. It, it places it on God, even in the midst of our hard situations. It reminds us that we are not in control, but God is, and that we're called to be dependent upon him, okay? So I just, let me just give you a couple of exa uh, examples of maybe things we could do to, to kind of uh, help us to uh, be in the habit of giving thanks, okay? When you're seeking to always be thankful, you're always asking yourself two questions. Well, what should I be grateful for? And two, who do I give thanks to, okay? And so we need to think about those questions a little more carefully, right? And first thing I think we could do, very simply that many of us, maybe some of you already do, is number one, count your blessings. Count your blessings. Do it regularly. Hone your skill of paying attention to the, the blessings that you do have in your life so that you can refocus your gaze from whatever that one issue is that's really so you're struggling with and you focus it on what you have right now in your face, the blessings that you have to pay attention to that. Some of us, maybe practically, maybe you need to make a list of those blessings where, you know, write down 10 blessings that you noticed in your life, right? Number each one of them, right? And maybe pray and give thanks for each point. If you did that, I, I, if, you, if you did that, you know there would be something you could give thanks for. Count your blessings, first thing. But the second thing I think you could do to get in the habit of disciplining yourself to Thanksgiving is this. Say it. Practice saying it. Not just as, uh, saying thank you in, in a polite response, but, but to, to genuinely try and say it, to say it in prayer, to say it to somebody, to say it even to yourself. You know, it's the same thing uh, like saying, I love you, right? Have you ever said that to, you, to anyone? I'm sure you have. Um, how often do you say it, right? How often do you say it? And I think for many of us, uh, you know, we kind of, with our loved ones in our mind, in our heart, we know we, we love them, right? We, we know we do. I, you know, I know I love my, my, my parents or my, my, my children, and I know they love me. And so in our heads, we, we know this in our heads, uh, but we don't oftentimes say it. We acknowledge it in our heads, but we don't oftentimes express it. And I want to tell you this, just like saying I love you, saying thank you, when you express it verbally or vocally, it does two things. Number one, it completes the joy of thankfulness in your heart. To be able to say it to someone, to, to write it to someone, to text it to someone, it, it grows your thankfulness. But secondly, it encourages the other to even be more thankful. 
It encourages thankfulness to others. When you say it, when you verbally do, when you practice doing this, not only do you start feeling a little bit more, but the other person experiences that gratitude and increases gratitude as well. And so we, you know, you want to be disciplined in, in being thankful, count your blessings frequently and develop a habit of, of expressing it, saying it. All right. Uh, don't just acknowledge it in your head and say, yeah, yeah, I'm thankful. But, you know, you move on and, and no, no, take some time to say it. OK, it requires discipline. So first, Thanksgiving is theological, but secondly, it requires discipline. And lastly, third point here is this. Thanksgiving is eternal. All right. Uh, the Bible isn't um, a fairy tale book. There, there's tragedy. There's hardship. There's just terrible things that happen throughout the whole book. All right. The son of God died. OK, um, that's, that's it's a terrible tragedy. And it's real about our lives as well that, you know, there's there's sometimes terrible tragedy that happens in our own lives. And, and, and the Bible is clear that the creation, the same creation that God created, that he declared good, he later declared it cursed. Uh, and the goodness and the curse in our world have been fighting out ever since in the battleground of our own lives. Okay, so few of us, you know, we, we, we will escape without some deep sorrow or some, you know, wrench to our gut that breaks our hearts. It, it, it's, it's hard. And we're not just talking about petty annoyances like your flight getting delayed or, or, you know, something else happening at the post office. You know, I'm talking about the fact that people we love can, can also be hurt can be torn from us because of disease or, you know, natural disasters. We, we just never know, right? And so these are real realities that, that, that the Bible understands. Even for those of us who are able to avoid such bad things, you know, those of us who have children, they grow up, they'll leave us. Uh, our bodies, they, they get old and they break down. Eventually, if you write that list of things that you're thankful for, and every one of those things are really something that you have right now, those list of blessings, even maybe your life itself, those things eventually will be stripped away. It, that's, that's the order of things. And, and we know that this is the natural order of things. And even though we know this, there's still some sadness in it that all the positive thinking in the world can't erase. I mean, think about this. Uh, we love vacations, but all vacations need to come to an end. We love watching good movies, but the good movie will eventually be over. Maybe you're watching a TV series or even a, a, a Korean drama that it's so good. By, by episode, You're at episode 16 now and it, it's going to end. Daylight savings ends. Your favorite season, your favorite sport, whether you watch it or you play it, the game will finish. And eventually, life will end. And of course, we know this is how things are. And if it's, it's just biology, right? I mean... It's natural, but if it's all just biology, uh, it's the problem is it's just it's too simple to just say, well, death is a natural part of life, so just be grateful for the time we have. Maybe in your head you know this, but in your heart, I think in your heart you don't want it to end, right? You want that drama to go on another episode. You want that favorite, you know, movie to, to take another hour. You, you want that game you're watching to go another inning or to go another round or to go, you know, another quarter. Maybe in, in your head, you know it's going to end someday or soon, but in your heart, you don't want it to. 
And the reason is, is because we as people, I think we long for things that last, right? We want things to last. In other words, our stubborn souls down, deep down, we crave for the eternal. We want things to last. And I think the reason for this is this, that the Bible says this, you and I, we were created to last forever, to live forever. And even though we know we live in a fallen world and that we will eventually go to dust, our hearts still crave for the eternal. And that's why we know, that's why somehow we feel, even though we know it's on one hand, it's just biology, it's just nature. We still feel that there's something wrong about death because we were made for an eternity. And we innately long for something that lasts. And here's what Thanksgiving has to do with this. Because in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Paul says we're called to give thanks for everything in Christ Jesus for us. So how do we do this? How do we give thanks all the time? Well, we said this last week. We do it in Christ. You can give thanks in all, in any circumstance that happens on this good earth. Because your thanksgiving derives not from earth, but from heaven itself. You are called and commanded to give thanks in all things because of your relationship to Jesus Christ and what he's accomplished for you. Here's what I want you to know. This is a command from God to give thanks in every situation. But I want you to know this. The New Testament, God never commands you what at the same time he promises to give you. In other words, if you see a command in the Bible like this, give thanks in every situation, there's a reason why he's commanding you this. There's a reason why he can tell you to give thanks all the time. This command to give thanks in all circumstances in Christ, it doesn't just tell you what you should do, but it also tells you what God has done, what you've been given, that the Son of God has died for you. That in Christ, you've been given a life that goes beyond death. That you've been risen from the dead in Christ. That you've made, been made alive to him in Christ. You've inherited treasures that you will one day receive but can never be destroyed and never rust away. That even if the sun stops shining and the world stops spinning, God, your heavenly father, his love continues to follow you until the end of the age. In other words, you can give thanks in any circumstance because in Christ, he's given you what at the bottom of your heart desires, things that last. So wonderful, so awesome and glorious is your state and your position in Jesus Christ. So magnificent is the amount of spiritual wealth and promise that you have in Jesus Christ. So blessed are you, Paul says, even right now, even in this situation of this pandemic, Paul has no other choice. God has no other choice but to command you, command you to give thanks in all circumstances. That's how good Paul sees you've got it in Christ. And a failure then to give thanks is not just being disobedient. It's a failure to recognize and understand how much it is your Father in heaven that loves you, how much the Son of God cares for you, and how much you've been given already in Him. Thanksgiving is not just about temporary blessings. 
It's also about eternal ones, maybe even more so. So that now that when we understand this, now when we look at the beauties and the joys of life, they're not simply blessings that we, we eventually will lose. They're just glimpses and tokens of the joy and beauty which in Christ can never be taken away from us. So we can offer thanks by turning our gaze from the gift itself and rest upon the goodness of the giver. You can give thanks in all circumstances. Yeah, I know you can't all physically see this, right? Or physically see all of this. But that is why we live by faith and not by sight, right? That's why we live according to his word and not just by what we see and touch and feel and, and hear. So, for example, when you feel afraid, you know, you remember the word of God in Hebrews chapter 13. It's Paul, you know, the author of Hebrews says, I will never leave you or forsake you. And you can say that the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? You can give thanks for God. When you, when you feel worried, you know, and you're not sure what to do, you feel anxiety, you come to his word, you remember his word in Philippians chapter 4. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And you can, again, you're in a position to thank God. Maybe, you know, you're struggling with real hard temptation, but then you remember the word of God, right? You live by faith in the word of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you. That is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you tempted, be tempted beyond your ability. And you can thank God for that situation, even in your struggle of temptation. You feel insecure as a Christian. You know, you're not sure if you're a Christian. You're reminded again of the word of God. Romans 8, I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You feel thankful again for what God has done. Maybe you feel guilty for something. You remember Romans 8, no condemnation. No condemnation for those in Jesus Christ because of what Jesus has done. And you can be grateful for what God has done, right? Maybe you feel a little depressed, but you remember Isaiah 41. Don't fear, I'm with you. Don't be anxious as you're looking around for I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. And you remember that verse and you say, I'm thankful, God, for you, right? You feel you got the short end of the stick and you're not really feeling thankful? Or you remember Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. And you can now find yourself in a position to be grateful for that. You see, <clears throat> our life is not just about being free of troubles, but quite the opposite. It's to experience the grace of God in the midst of our troubles. And the paradox of Christianity is this, that if you want to find your life, you've got to lose it. Because the world's economy and the world, it says this, that life precedes death, right? Life comes first, then you die. But in God's economy, death comes first and then life. It's the very opposite. The cross always precedes the crown. But the good news is this, and this is what we need to know. However, the thing that should give us most reason to be thankful is that even if we lose our worldly comforts, we know we have gained heavenly ones, eternal ones. Do you understand? We fail to obey this command. We fail to give thanks, not because we've got nothing to be thankful for, but because we obsess with what we don't have and we forget what we have abundantly in Jesus Christ. We fail to be thankful in every situation, not because we've got nothing to be thankful for, 
but because oftentimes we doubt God's love for us because we doubt his wisdom and the way he does things in our lives. We doubt his power to finish the promises that he's guaranteed to us. And that's where our struggle is. And that's why it's hard, but it requires discipline. And it's ultimately theological, right? So be thankful. Give thanks. Recognize each day you've got something that you don't really deserve. But more than that, thank God for the one thing that you and I in faith could never lose. And that's himself, his love, the salvation for which Christ paid with such a dear price. Right, And then we thank God for the day that is coming when goodness will finally overcome all this curse. Every tear will be wiped away from our eyes. And we'll be able to say this, that yes, life can be good and life can be beautiful. But the love of God, according to Psalm 63, the love of God is better than life. And we're thankful. I encourage you to practice the discipline of thankfulness, to remind us ourselves not only what you're thankful for, but who you ought to give thanks to, and to also remind yourselves of an eternal heavenly thankfulness that we need to focus on a little more. Let's pray.